Welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.45 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. It's good to have you guys with us today. If you're a visitor, welcome. Uh, we love to have you uh, here. We call ourselves a family, so by default, you're a part of the family. And so um, thank you guys for being here. Um, if this is your first time with us, let me just catch you up real quick where we've been. Over the last few weeks, we've been working through the book of 1 John. And that's our goal is by the end of the summer to get through 1 John and kind of this foundational theme of 1 John is the love of God. And so because the foundational theme of 1 John is the love of God, the response then for you and I to that is if we have the love of God in us, how does that change us? How do we approach life? How do we approach people? And hopefully in that is that we love others well. We love fellow believers. We love people that are out there that have never encountered the Lord. Like we just love people well. And so if you remember each week I've kind of shared our heart in this thing is that um, by the end of the summer, the foundation that we want to build at Reliance is that um, if you were to peel back the layers of this church, what you would find at the core of who we are is lovers of Jesus and lovers of others. And I know it sounds pretty simple because it's the great commandment, right? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love others as yourself. Love your neighbors as yourself. And so, but it really is. We want that to be foundational. We want that to be the core of who we are. And so as we study through um, the book of 1 John, we realize that there are a lot of things that John says uh, about love and about our approach to that. And so today I want to focus on an aspect of love that doesn't come easy. I want to focus on an aspect of love that doesn't come easy, and that is laying down our lives. Who likes to lay down your life? Put your hands down, right? Laying down our lives, and I, I kind of feel like it's fitting since Vacation Bible School starts Monday, because let me just tell you, by the end of the week, you feel like you've laid your life down. Do I hear an amen, right? You got 200 screaming kids running around that are not yours. You feel like you have laid your life down, all right? And so I know that it kind of it feels fitting that we're doing that on this particular Sunday. Um, but I just want to start, if I can, 1 John chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, 1 John chapter 3, it'll be up here on the screen, starting with verse 16 through 20. And John says, we know what real, somebody say real, love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need, but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let us not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth, so we will be confident when we stand before God, even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings. Amen? God is greater than our feelings, and he knows everything. And so, okay, so let's just start here. If you're like me, as we've worked through this, I buy into this idea of love. Obviously, Jesus talks about it a lot. Obviously, the gospel's talking about it, but also the, the rest of the New Testament talks about the love of God. And so here in 1 John, we've been over it and over it and over it. So I buy into this idea that we're supposed to love God and love others. But practically, what does that look like? What does it look like on a practical day-to-day -day thing? So John comes around and he uses this phrase, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. 
And so before we go on any further today, I want you to think about this for just a minute. I think we have to recognize that based on what John is saying here, there's a possibility that there's a form of love that can look real, but in the end it's not. That if John is telling us what real love is, then there's this possibility that in our hearts we've got this identity that maybe we think we know what love is, but maybe it's just an imitation of what it's supposed to be. And when I think of real love and imitation love, um, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm one of those people, and I've shared this in here multiple times, that like I don't ever like to buy the real thing because I'm cheap. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Like if it comes the grocery store, I'm an always save guy, right? If it comes to pop and everybody's like a Pepsi or a Coke fan, I'm, I'm buying Shasta, all right? You guys remember Shasta? Come, come on, raise your hands. I got Okay, good, good. I feel good. Yeah, it's cheap, and you can load your own flat. I just talked about this somebody the other day. I love Shasta. Anyways, so I'm one of those guys that when it comes down to it, like if, if the real product is this, and then here's like the off-brand, the off-market, I'm buying the off-market product because at the end of the day, I simply don't want to spend the money on the real thing. But here's what I found. You get what you pay for. Amen? You get what you pay for. And, and, and I remember specifically... When, when we used to go to Mexico on youth trips, and uh, back in the day when we would take the kids to Mexico on the borders when they were still a little bit safe, and uh, we would walk around the borders of Mexico, and you could buy Oakleys, except they weren't really Oakleys, right? And we would load up on those things. And from the outside, those Oakleys look like real Oakley. You guys know what I'm talking about? They look like real Oakley sunglasses, except they were like five bucks. Okay, and so we would buy like five, six pair, and here's, here's why. Because from the outside, they looked real. They had the sticker, they had everything. It just, they looked the part. But if you were to take those to somebody who was like an Oakley dealer, all right, and he took his $200 pair of sunglasses and put them next to you, he could identify where those things are not the real deal. The sticker was off a little bit. It was peeling. You could scratch the lenses really easy. And at the end of the day, they just weren't made very well. So if you took those to somebody who had an eye for the real thing versus the imitation thing, they could tell which one was real and which one was imitation. And I'm just wondering in our own lives if when it comes down to it, a lot of times we look at the outside of it and it looks real, but we don't look at the inside of it. And I'm wondering if John's approaching us with this identity of real love because there's this form of love that can look the part and not hold up. There's this form of love where we say it all the time, love, love. We say it every week in church, love. We should love one another. We should love God. And, and it's this buzzword because we like this buzzword. And at the end of the day, we don't really know what that love looks like or means deep down inside of us. And so John comes in and he addresses something today. And he says, look, real love looks like this. Real love is, we know what real love because Jesus gave up his life for us. So real love is this identity of giving up your life. And so then he says, so we ought to, we should. It should, it should come up within us. If we really truly want to live in the love of God, it should bubble up inside of us. It should resonate inside of us that we ought to also give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. We make a big deal about this because everything that we hang on with Jesus is that he gave up his life for us. Like, because he did it, we can do it as well. And so at the very core, if you strip it all away, here's what you find love is. 
If you've struggled with what is love, what is love? It's, it's if, you've, if you struggle, if you strip it all down, it's laying down your life for someone else. That's what John tells us. John's telling us, if you're saying that you love, if you and I are resonating with this love, it's more than words that come out of our mouth. It's laying down our lives for somebody else. And let me just say this. This isn't some new teaching that John's coming up with. This isn't something that John, all of a sudden, he's like, man, I got this brand new revelation from the Lord. And, 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 and so all of a sudden, he's sharing it. This is what Jesus taught. This is how Jesus lived. This is what John saw play out. John witnessed this firsthand. As the disciple that Jesus loved, and he walked with Jesus, and he talked with Jesus, his whole life was watching Jesus teach and walk this out in a practical way. John 10, 11, John was sitting there with the other people, listening to Jesus tell the story in John 10, 11, where Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He doesn't say the good shepherd tries to lay down his life for the sheep. He doesn't say the good shepherd should lay down his life for the sheep. He says the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. So I'm picturing John as he's telling us what we just read in 1 John. I'm picturing John stopping and pausing for a minute. And he says this is what real love looks like. That Jesus would lay his life down for us. So you and I ought to lay down our lives for one another. And I see John just pausing for a minute, probably tears streaming down his eyes, thinking about the love affair that he has with Jesus, going, man, I remembered what he did for me. He gave himself fully to me. Remember, John's the last disciple left. He's watched Peter. He's watched James. He's watched these men be literally um, taken out one by one by one by one in martyrdom. He's watched them. And he's, in his life, he's probably going, this is what real love is. I've watched these brothers that I've done life with my whole life and these sisters that I've done life with. I've watched them killed, laying down their life for one another. And at the very core, I can see John just emotions rolling out. And he begins to see all the ways that Jesus laid down his life for them, more than just his death, but all the ways that he gave of himself. And then John says, we also, in that same way, we also ought to give our lives for each other. Uh, David Wilkerson, you guys heard that name before, David Wilkerson, um, wrote a book called The Cross and the Switchblade. The Cross and the Switchblade. And it tells how, it kind of tells his, a little bit of his life story. And David Wilkerson, very famous guy, and in his 20s, um, he begins to hear about the gangs that are in New York City in the 1950s. And something in his heart is stirred. Something in his heart is stirred. He hears about the gangs and the violence in New York in the 1950s, and something challenged him. And he says, you need to go, felt this urging in his heart that he needed to go and minister to the gangs in New York City. And so as the story goes in the book, um, the story is famous about him where he goes into New York and he's ministering to the gang life and to these gangs in New York City and there's things that are happening, good things that are happening, but because of that, there's a lot of pushback and threats on his life and there's a guy named Nicky Cruz. Nicky Cruz was a gang leader and he came to him and a young, a young man, Nicky Cruz, told him that if he continued to minister to the gangs, he would cut him into a hundred pieces. So I'll just cut you into pieces. And David Wilkerson's response, which is now famous in his book, The Cross and the Switchblade, looked at Nicky Cruz and he says, if you throw me into the street 
and cut my body into pieces, then every single piece of my body will still cry out, I love you. And it goes on and it says that Nicky Cruz would go on to become a pastor. He got saved because of David Wilkerson's ministry. He got saved, he gave his life to Jesus, and eventually together they would begin the ministry called Teen Challenge that's still going on today that takes people that are in broken situations and gives them life in Jesus' day. Why? Because a man named David Wilkerson says, you can cut my body into pieces and throw me in the street, but the same thing in those pieces will still cry out to you, I love you. There's something in that story, man, that just resonates with me. Because this is what John is talking about right here. There's something that's captivating, at least in my life and in most of our lives out there, just at the very heart of hearing that in my life, that you laid down your life for someone else. I think of stories of, of heroes where people laid down their lives physically for others. I think of the Aurora, Colorado shooting. You guys remember that? Years back, when the, when the man in, went into the movie theater and he began to shoot up the movie theater... And there, there were stories that came out of men who had died because they draped themselves over their wife or they had draped themselves over their girlfriends. And so to cover them, they were shot up and they were killed. And my heart's like, man, they laid their life down for somebody. I remember just recently the school shooting in Florida where I think his name was Coach Fees. He shielded students from the shooters, a big guy, and he put all the students underneath him and he was riddled with bullets and he was killed. Why? So that he could give his life for these students. Recently, the story of the man, I just read this a couple months ago, the man who had jumped into the, I think it was the Elk River, Missouri River, whatever it was, jumped into the river on a float trip because a gal was out of her boat and she was floating towards the dam, getting ready to get sucked under, and he recognized it, he jumps in and he swims to her, and for a while, he just keeps pushing her up. He would go under her and just keep pushing her up so she wouldn't sink. Finally, the rescuers got there through the rope. She was saved. He was taken under and his life was taken a man that he knew nothing about this lady. He didn't even know her name. He didn't know her story. He didn't know anything about her. He just knew that she was in trouble in that moment. I think of the police officers and the firefighters and the military men and women that are out there who do this on a daily basis. And something, when I think about what it looks like to lay your life down, you hear these stories and all of us in here, whether we're believers or, or, or non-believers, all of us, our hearts are captivated by that. There's no one that hears the story of somebody laying down their life for someone and going, yeah, no big deal, not a big deal. That captivates our heart for a moment and we are like, man, we see them as heroes because they gave their lives for somebody else. And it's not something that we see every day. We hear about it, but it's not something that we see every day. And they are heroes in my book. There's no one knocking that. Everybody would agree it's one of the most incredible acts of love that one can give. So as believers, John is drawing us into this story of that that's what Jesus did for us. John is drawing us into the story of going, you say you have love, okay? We've talked about it. You say that you love. You say that I, I tell you you should love. I tell you that you should love God. I tell you that you should love others. And all of us are like, yeah, we get it. Like, we love, okay? We love. We say it with our words. What does it mean in actions? And John's going, it means you lay your life down for someone else. Now, here's the thing. So John, 
tells us that like Jesus, we ought to lay our lives down, but he takes it a step further. Listen to what he says. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need, but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear, dear children, it's not merely, it, it, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. So here he is, John's going, you gotta lay your life down for one another. But isn't it interesting that the example that he gives us isn't giving your life up physically? I mean, that all of us would resonate and be like, man, that's powerful. Those stories are powerful. But, but we don't always have an opportunity to do that. And so he's, he doesn't give an example of going, so here's what you got to do. you got to die for somebody else. That's not what he says. John's example of how to lay your life down for another is to help someone in need. He says, let people see your actions more so than what they hear comes out of your mouth. Amen? So the example that he simply gives, it's just one out of a hundred that he could have given or a thousand that he could have given. He's like, if you see somebody, you've got enough money to live well, you see somebody in need and you show no compassion, how can the love of God be in you? So John's bringing this love down to a practical level that every single one of us in this room could associate with. And that is action. The part of love that sometimes we miss is action. Everybody say action. We have the words. We could tell you what love is. We could sit here and say, oh, it means to, you know, it means to love that person. What does, love, what does that mean? I, I don't know. It just means to love that person. We could tell you with words, but what is the action part of it? If we're honest in here, few of us will ever die for another person. If we're just being honest in here, very few of us in this room, statistically speaking, very few in this room will ever die for another person but all of us have the opportunity to put others first on a daily basis. Philippians 3, 3 through 4, Paul gives us this. He says, do nothing, do nothing, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value. Somebody say value. Value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Later on, he'll go on and he'll talk about having the same attitude of Christ who emptied himself for you and I. And so here he is, and he's like, this is what it looks like to put it into action. Very few of us will die for someone, but all of us, all of us can lay our lives down in our living for someone. There's an action part of love that goes beyond saying, I love you. Um, I use my wife and I as an example in this. Uh, my wife and I, we took those five love languages. Anybody ever take the five love, love language test? All right, a few of you guys out there. Um, and I, I realized that my wife's love language versus my love language is completely opposite. <laughs> Don't you love God's sense of humor, right? And so her love language is acts of service and quality time. Do you know that acts of service requires me to actually have action? Did you guys know that? Okay. And quality time means I actually have to plan something. Do I hear an amen to that? All right. Whereas for me, I'm like words of affirmation and physical touch. Just grab my hand, baby, and tell me you love me, right? And I'm good to go. I'm good. I hear a couple of those out there. Amen. Like that's what fuels me. I'm like, hold my hand, darling, and tell me you love me, and I'm good to go. She's like, clean the house, right? And, and, and plan a date night once every year, and I'm good to go, right? And so, but, but here's the thing that I realized. I can sit here all day long and be like, baby, I love you. You look wonderful. You're so beautiful. That doesn't really stir her heart much. But when she comes home and I've cleaned the house, when she comes home and I've done something in the house, and this is the key, that she didn't ask me to do. See, I'm learning, all right? 
when, when that happens, something in her goes, oh, he loves me. When, when she comes home on a Friday night and I say, hey, let's go out to dinner. I've planned this whole night. She goes, oh, he loves me. Why? Because it's an action part of love that I don't resonate with very often. I like to say it. I just don't like to do it. Come on now. Amen? No, none of you got one. I heard a little. Like, I hear you, man. <laughs> so this brings us to Jesus then. Yes, he laid down his life for us, but it started before he actually went to the cross. It started when he met the rough crowd and he invited them to follow him, even though the people that were, that were out there, the religious leaders, knew that it wouldn't be good for him. It started when he stepped in and he showed value, somebody say value, to an adulterous woman who was cast down in her nakedness, about to be stoned to death, even though he knew it would cost him. It started when he valued her when nobody else would. Jesus laid down his life all along the way when he knelt down and he washed the disciples' feet, knowing that they would betray him, knowing that one of them was going to sell him out. It's, it started when he served the poor and, and the broken. The ultimate story of his love was in the cross. Yes, we all agree with that. We need the cross. But the reality is it started before the cross. The cross was that natural progression of a life that was already giving himself to others. So when we are called to lay down our lives for others, listen to me, church, don't get so focused on the physical part of dying for someone else. Realize that laying down yourself for others is about how you value people and how you see yourself. Because when you start to value people the way that Jesus values people, the natural progression is that you'll lay your life down for them. When you start to value people the way that you see yourself in God's eyes, you'll start to lay yourself down. You'll lay down your life for others. John saw how Jesus lived his life. He saw the selflessness that Jesus had. He saw the sacrificial life that Jesus displayed. And that's why back in 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, he says, those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. If this is what Jesus did, this should resonate with us. We can't just sit here and say we love people and not do anything with it. We can't sit here and say, um, I know what love is, but not have actions that go with it. In fact, in John chapter 15, in the book of John, in the gospel of John chapter 15, starting with verse 12, Jesus lays out some of his final instructions to his disciples, and he says, love one another in the same way. Somebody say same way. Love one another in the same way that I have loved you. And in their minds, they're probably thinking, no worries, we got this. Like, we understand what that means. And then Jesus puts some weight to it in verse 13. Greater love has, none, has no one than this, than to lay his life down for his friends. And I want you to hear me say this. There are everyday ways that you and I can live our lives and lay our lives down for our friends and for others. And, and I, I could list a thousand ways in which you could do that. But I'm going to tell you four ways today. Okay? And I, as I was reading through some materials, I was studying this week, I came across this list. And I thought it was really unique. 
I mean, we could talk about how you go serve the poor, lay down your life. We could talk about how, how you could um, serve at vacation Bible school, lay your life down, right? We, I could give you a list of all of these, but I thought this was a very unique list. And so I'm just going to run through this with you. Number one, one of the ways that you lay your life down is be vulnerable. Somebody say vulnerable. How many guys like vulnerability? You won't even raise your hands. I'll be vulnerable, right? We don't like vulnerability. We, it, it, vulnerability is letting people in. Vulnerability is opening the door to my life, not my house. I'm talking about my life. I'm not just talking about, well, I have people over. No, no, no. I'm saying opening the door to your life and letting people in, allowing people into your life and then allowing you into theirs. Because here's the thing. We are ruled by social media. Would you agree with that? We are ruled by social media. It's easy to lose the ability to truly connect with one another when you're staring in front of a computer screen and that's how you know the person. And if we're honest, it's almost impossible to be really vulnerable through social media. I know people you know, put their stuff out there on social media, but I'm talking about heart to heart, how you feel, not putting smiley face emoji, sad face emoji, poop emoji, right? Like, I, I don't know how you truly feel when you put those. Maybe you're just joking. I don't, I don't know what that looks like for you. And so it's hard to be vulnerable on social media. And so when we talk about being vulnerable, we're talking about face-to-face, letting people into your life. Real meaningful connections are a way that we can lay our lives down for one another. Are you willing to be vulnerable with one another? Because when you lay that vulnerability down and you invite people into your life, you'll form bonds that are hard to break. Do I hear an amen? When somebody truly knows your heart and you truly know theirs, and I'm not talking through Facebook, I'm talking about when you truly know theirs, you'll form bonds that are hard to break. You, you've laid your life down by letting them in and them, them in you. Number two, sacrifice the small stuff sacrifice the small stuff because small stuff can be big stuff amen daily sacrifices of the small stuff small sacrifices for your neighbor is what it means to lay down your life giving of your time giving of your abilities giving of your talents giving of your money are practical ways to make a difference that's why he says if you have money and you see somebody who's in need and you know you're good to go he's like bless them Now, we're very hands-off with that. Don't talk about my money. Don't tell me what to do. I'm just telling you what John says. Like, we should be there for one another. Have you ever met somebody when you met with them and they met with you and they sacrificed their time for that day? They're busy, but they took the time. They're like, I want to meet with you face-to-face. And they sat down. Maybe they bought you lunch. And they just, the whole time, they spoke life into you. And you left that conversation and you felt energized. Anybody have that? You left and you're going, man, I feel so energized. I feel so encouraged. That meeting had no agenda in it. All we did was we just simply met. And I know I'm a busy person and and you're busy people, but we just simply met and we just spoke life and encouragement into one another. You laid your life down for me. I laid my life down for you. And we walked away from that and we felt so incredibly encouraged and blessed. Like I feel like you were genuinely interested and what was happening in my life. You ever had one of those moments? Be that person. Be that person. 
who says, man, I, I just want to take you to lunch someday. I just want to meet you for breakfast. I just want to have you guys over for, for dinner. And then I just want to share life with you. I just want to tell you how amazing you are. I just want to encourage you. Oh, but you've got, you know, kids' sports, and you've got things going on. Your plate is full, and you've got work till, you know, 8 o'clock. You've got, you've got your weekends. You, 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 you know what? I don't care. I just want to lay my life down. I want to invite you into my life. I just want to encourage you. I'm going to sacrifice the small things, because in the end of those things, those are really small things. And I just want to speak life into you, because you're a big thing. Amen? Number three, how do we practically lay our lives down? Um, love even when it's hard. <laughs> Have the hard conversations. Um, this one's tough. Sometimes laying your life down means that you need to lay your friendship down for your friends. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Have you ever had a conversation that if it goes bad, you, you think, man, this is going to end my friendship, right? Had one of those where you feel like it's going to end your friendship? Like if I see someone close to me and I realize that their behaviors are kind of um, destructive or it's leading them on a destructive path and I de do or say nothing, am I actually that person's friend? One of the ways in which we lay our life down is when we see that somebody's walking in a destructive path and then all of a the sudden they just get hit, something happens in their life and we get to step back and go, wow, I saw that coming, right? Man, I knew that was a train wreck. The minute that I saw that and I said nothing to them because I was afraid that they might feel uncomfortable, that I might feel uncomfortable and having that conversation, like I'm going to tell you right now, that is not laying your life down. Laying your life down means that you see one another with the love of God and the value of God and one of the ways you lay your life down is going, I value our friendship so much that I'm willing to lay the friendship down for my friend to tell you how much I love you, to tell you that the path that you're on probably is not gonna end up well for you. And this is what he talks about in, in Colossians 3, 13, where he's going, look, I'm not judging you, I'm not telling you, like, look, I don't have my own screw-ups. He says, Paul says, like, make allowances for each other's faults. I'm making an allowance for, I'm not, I'm not condemning you, I'm simply saying, I don't wanna see you end up in destruction. Make allowances for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Amen? <laughs> so how do we lay our lives down? We, we love even when it's, when it's hard to love and it's hard conversations that we have to have. And number four, um, how do we lay our lives down? We connect with others and share what's important. And so this kind of goes along with some of those uh, top ones, but I, I want to say this, 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 I like this phrase, notice the unnoticeable. Notice those who feel like they're never noticed. Connect with people and notice, notice the ones. And I know some of you are like, look, I try to feel like I'm unnoticed so that nobody notices me, all right? <laughs> We're going to notice you, all right? Notice those ones who feel like, man, they're just kind of in the back and they, they need that. And so when you have an opportunity to connect, share, go up to them, share with them what's important, draw the best out of them. I love what Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day is drawing near. So here's the thing. All of those things are just, just, I like them. They're just unique ways of laying down your life for one another. But what's your motivation behind it? Is your motivation so that you can get something out of it? No. 
You see, that's the thing about the love of Jesus. The love of Jesus' motivation wasn't, man, I'm going to lay my life down so that you'll do something for me. It said that while we were still in sin, Scripture says, he laid his life down for us. Amen? That every person in this world, Jesus laid his life down for them. Our response then to that is hopefully that we will pursue the Lord. Our response hopefully for that is that we will love others well. Our response to that hopefully is that we'll lay our lives down. But regardless if we do, he still laid his life down for us. His motivation was not driven to say, I'll lay my life down if you do yours. It was, I'll lay my life down, period. And then because of that love, our response is, I'm going to lay my life down. You did it, man, I'm going to give of myself. You did it, all the things that are on my agenda aren't important anymore. And so something inside of us motivates us in the right way and not the wrong way. And let me tell you again why this is a big deal, because the world doesn't operate this way. You hear those stories, man, where somebody jumps in the water and saves somebody and loses their life. You hear those stories where somebody jumps in front of a bullet and saves those life. But on a normal day-to-day basis, we don't get to see this play out very often. We're very much to ourselves. We're very much to our agendas. Imagine right here, if, if just the church is in Wichita for a minute. Imagine if just the church in the Wichita's believed what John's telling us here and we all started laying our lives down for one another. Can you imagine what the world would see? Like what's happening in Wichita, Kansas? What's happening in Goddard or Cheney or Hayesville or Derby or wherever you're from? What's happening in this moment? You're seeing a bunch of people who are doing something unique that the world does not do. This is why when you hear stories of Mother Teresa, nobody hates Mother Teresa. Amen? Like nobody, like here's a woman who goes to the slums Spends her life with lepers, which is contagious, and gives of herself and then invites people to come and serve alongside of her so that she can love these people well to the end of their life and value them. Something stirred in her heart where she goes, greater love than to lay down my life for someone else. I want to live my life like Jesus did. And so the band's going to come up, and I just want to share three things with you real quickly, and, and then we're going to close out. These three things. Number one, if you buy into this, it's not going to be convenient. You hear me? This is not, not going to be convenient. It's not like you're going to be able to schedule this in your day planner. Love and lay down my life at 2 o'clock. You guys hear me? Like you're, I, if you're a Franklin, I act like you actually have day planners, first of all. Your phone's. I still have a day planner. Um, You're not going to be able to schedule. It's not convenient. It's not going to be on your, I promise you, man, if you love Jesus, it's not going to be on your timeline because Jesus is going to be like, I'm going to wait till you're the busiest. (laughs) Put something in your face. And then you're going to have an opportunity to respond. Number two, it's not going to be comfortable. You're not going to go, man, Lord, start me off easy, right? Just get me on the kitty, the kitty ride. Start me off easy on this thing. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not convenient. It's not going to be comfortable. Number three, it's not controlled. You know what it means that it's not controlled? Somebody say messy. How many like control? Raise your hands. Okay, good. It's not going to be controlled. It's going to be messy. When you invite somebody into your life and you lay your life down, it's going to be messy. Because you're going to be in their mess, they're going to be all up in your mess, but you're going to be messy together. 
You're going to build something stronger. So there's a question that I want to pose to you as we close out. What is your lay down your life story? David Wilkerson has one. Stirred his heart. 1950s. Go to New York. Transform the gang movement that was happening. Guy named Nicky Cruz gets saved. Starts Teen Challenge that's still going on today and thriving. That was his moment of going, that's my lay down my life story. What's your lay down your life story? What does it look like for you? Maybe you don't have one yet. Maybe you have one. Maybe you're building one. Maybe something stirs in your heart where you want to have a lay down your life story. But I'm telling you right now, church, that all of us should be marked by a lay down our life story. This is what real love is. That Jesus laid down his life for us. And we ought to do the same and lay our lives down for one another. This is what real love is. Every person who says yes to Jesus should have a lay down my life story. So what's yours? I'm going to pray over you. God would give you a lay down your life story. So that when someone says, do you know what love is? Your response is, I do. I know it in word, but really I know it in action. You guys close your eyes, I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to invite the prayer team to come, if they would come. Lord, I pray this morning. That every person that's in this place, God, would hear your word and be stirred in their hearts that they need to be marked by, that we need to be marked by, not just what we say love is, but through the action of what we believe, and that we would all, God, be stirred to have a laid down my life story. And I pray, Jesus, that it wouldn't be just one story, but it would be many stories. But even if we just have the one, even if we live this whole life and we just have the one story, that one laid down my life moment will be worth it for eternity. So God, I pray, Jesus, that all of our hearts, God, in this moment would be consumed with living out what real love is. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. We invite you to stand. The prayer team is up here. If you guys need prayer over anything that's going on in your life, maybe you need an, a, a, a confidence boost. Maybe you need somebody to speak life into you. The altar's open if you would like to come. The prayer team's open as well. Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.